0: we're joined by a, a guest here here in uh, uh for triple z now i've got a bit of a special intro that i've written for you because uh um it's quite special having for me personally it's quite special having you in here today so i'm really honored to uh welcome our next guest and uh, that honor comes from my own path into activism uh when i moved to ipswich in 2011 I wanted to uh, focus on being a good dad. I had already had a successful yet uh, stressful career in the mail industry in Sydney. So I was looking for a low stress job that was close to home and we could pay the bills. I thought my local Coles would suit. How wrong I was. Not only did they treat me like crap, I soon found out that they were paying me below the award. I also found out that a young trolley worker had taken them to the Fair Work Commission to terminate the agreement. What courage he must have had, and he eventually won. I was so impressed. I even celebrated like I and, uh, like only I can. Then, when Coles threw their toys out of the cot and reinstated an even older agreement, I had finally had enough. And I wanted to stand up and fight back for my fellow Coles workers, just like that young trolley worker. And I went about getting rid of that agreement. And eventually, with help from others, I succeeded in returning penalty rates to over 50,000 Coles workers. I will always be grateful to that young trolley worker for inspiring me to agitate, educate, organise. And now that young trolley worker is in my radio show that does just that. His name is Duncan Hart, and I welcome him to Four Triple Z today. Thanks for your inspiration, Duncan, and uh, welcome to Workers Power. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you're 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 are to, uh, to, you're, you're you're still
1: you're into your honours now, are you? So I've just finished up my um, honours in history at UQ, and I'm actually just starting my PhD. All right. Yes.
0: Very exciting. And and so you, one of your 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 honours paper. Um, uh, you you've uh, looked at the role of the leftist newspaper, the Proletarian, mm-hmm. as a vehicle for communist theory in Australia in the early twenties. So what what do you discover?
1: Well, yeah. So this newspaper, the Proletarian, it was the first newspaper in Australia. It was like like a, a journal, like a like by the standards of the time, sixteen page journal. Mm-hmm. Most newspapers were like four pages, and it was um, it was a monthly, and it was the first journal to put forward the try to put forward the views of like the communists international so this was like 1920 basically june 1920 was when it first started so it actually predates the formation of the communist party of australia so i guess my research was looking at what did the ideas what were the ideas of this journal and like how did it contribute to um, setting up the communist party and uh, like so it was before the community, communist party
0: who was involved with putting putting it together and yeah
1: yeah, so it was it was um, set up by two pretty like um, they should be legendary radicals. They're pretty awesome people. I think a lot I think a lot of people aren't really familiar with of Australian Australian sort of um, socialists. Uh, but there was two people. So it was Guido Baraki, uh and um, Percy Laidler. So Guido Baraki, he has actually had both of them have had books written about them. Um, one by uh, Guido Baraki has a biography by Jeff Sparrow. Um, and yeah guido was a university graduate at the university of melbourne he was one of the two university graduates who were actually in the communist party when it was first set up um and he was famously dunked in the university of melbourne lake because he opposed conscription and he was uh yeah just like a very at that time universities were extremely conservative and right-wing um and yeah he stood up to um, robert menzies at the time who was also a student uh but more on the conservative side of politics and, yeah, for his um, defiance, he was dunked in the lake. But um, at that time, around 9.20, he'd been through the anti-conscription struggle against World War I, um, and he'd started to adopt politics of the industrial workers of the world, so the the Wobblies, revolutionary syndicalist politics. Uh, and Percy Laidler was much more typical, kind of, like, communist. Um, he had left uh, school when he was 14 to work as a railway clerk, um, and then he'd taken on a pretty long sort of a career of like, uh, activism within like the Victorian socialist party. Um, and he also then went on to be part of the IWW. Um, and yeah, so by the time they were setting up this journal, the proletarian, the IWW had been like banned by the government. Um, but they were still very, um, they're still coming from that framework, I suppose, like the revolutionary syndicalist framework.
0: Of course, the government's going to uh, try and ban. You know the stories we hear of the IWW and especially their fight against conscription. They were very um, uh, important in uh, organising workers. Um, so, uh, well, that leads me to what what type of audience did they target? Who 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 were they um, w- wanting to um, target this uh,
1: uh, this journal to? Mm, well, I suppose the thing to understand about this time was that it was a very um very like radical time in fact i'd say that like the period of just after world war one was probably the peak of australian left-wing radicalism you know you had the general strike in 1917 um in new south wales which had a 100,000 workers coming out um against the introduction of like time cards um you had huge strikes um in townsville um against uh what was it there uh, i can't remember exactly it was townsville meat workers Essentially, like had an armed rebellion against the government. Um, there was big strikes on the on the on the um, amongst the uh, the seamen as well. So it was a very like radical period. There was like a very large left. So there was like thousands of people in like revolutionary socialist groups. Um, so the audience for the proletarian was that broader audience. That very many people involved in the union movement. The union movement in Australia at that time was the biggest in the world by proportion of the population. Um, which is odd to say today because um, the union coverage wasn't actually much higher than it is today, but a hundred years ago, uh, the union coverage of around 15% of the population was seen to be very was very high. Um, and yeah they um, so it was within this context of this huge sort of like workers movement that had just defeated conscription, that's sort of who they were talking to. They were trying to, yeah get people on the left to read their their publications so it had a, it had a distribution of about 2000 every edition
0: all right and uh well we always um like here on workers power we're we're always interested in the the, the nuts and bolts of organizing so that hence hence the the next question is mm-hmm. how did they distribute to the, to the, to the target audience <laughs>
1: Well, that, that is a good question because um uh so Percy Laidler he actually became the manager of... In 1911, he'd become the manager of a radical bookshop, um, which was Andrade's um, bookshop in Melbourne. Um, and Andrade's became, I think, probably the most significant distributor of like radical left literature in Australia, um, purely because it was relating to, I guess, this time, this period, which was, as I said, like a very radical period in Australia, but also... The other thing, of course, is that the impact of the Russian Revolution. So you have World War One. Australia, of course, has a horrific slaughter, horrific cost that, um, brought upon it by by World War One, and then Russia, the Russian Revolution, nineteen seventeen, which you know takes Russia out of the war, was seen by all these socialists across the country as being, um, yeah, a very inspiring event. Even though people weren't very on top of exactly what was going on. So I guess the um, the thing about the proletarian was that. Uh and then and, and, and Andrade's bookshop was that it was sort of feeding this um, uh this desire and this like thirst for knowledge about Russia. So that's where they got the, a lot of their um I guess popularity and a lot of their profits from probably as well. Um Percy Lather was just the the manager of the bookshop. But yeah, the um they sold, yeah, just like thousands and thousands of books about Russia. Um mostly from printed from the American socialist movement. Right on and uh so, um, getting into into it, what uh, have you?
0: You've obviously found a, a couple of copies and things like that. What sort of messages were in the paper? Mm. You've touched on the, you know, the Russian Revolution and that. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, could you expand on that? And what other messages were in there?
1: So, well, that's that's that was the most interesting thing about, I guess, doing the research was trying to m- talk, look at what they were actually saying, and then how that compares to a lot of the usual. Um, historical perspectives around the Communist Party. So one of the things that I think is most um, typically said to be the politics of the Communist Party and its significance in the early stages is this idea of like a Leninist party um, that was like really you know disciplined and based on some sort of mythological democratic centralism. Um, basically it's this idea of the authoritarian party. But the thing, that was not part of the, um, the politics that was in the proletarian. There was no real discussion about democratic centralism at all, Um, and even though they definitely talked about the need to build a revolutionary party, that's hardly anything new uh, in Australia, uh, or the left generally. Um, So the things that they focused on were, I I summarize them as being like three points. So firstly, the idea that they were for um, smashing the state, (laughs) so radical. They're for smashing the state, and they're for instituting this thing called the dictatorship of the proletariat, which they... Uh, assessed to be based on Soviets, um, which is, yeah, this is all stuff that might be going over people's heads. Essentially, they were for like a radical democratic um, workers' control of society uh, through these institutions that they they saw in Russia and which were being described by a lot of the um, early communist international literature called Soviets, which meant workers' councils. Um, so that was the first thing. I don't know if we want to discuss it more. Because I, if I can keep going, it's going to be but it's like quite a lot Obviously, in there. they would yeah. be met with a lot of resistance for uh, trying to bring out those kind of values mm-hmm. of a, like a stateless democratic structure. And we, we already know someone was thrown in the lake. What other kinds of resistance were they met with when they published this? Well, the, um, the, the Communist Party itself... Um, I suppose the thing is that it was emerging out of a time when there was this huge, like, polarization in society and a sense of crisis in Australian capitalism where they'd actually... The Australian government implemented this almost like a police dictatorship during World War I, which is something that you don't hear about at all because I guess it sort of doesn't fit the narrative, right? You know, that we had a war for democracy. And that, 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 those powers, which we call the Wartime... War Precautions Act... They were actually maintained up until mid 1919, so even though there was quite a long time afterwards, the Communist Party was formed as this sort of like um, political politicisation was ebbing. So they did not themselves face as much persecution as the earlier um, counterparts that had been more, I suppose, uh, taking on the taking on politics when there was more of a sense amongst like the. The government that they're at threat so they, they would write a lot of stuff abusing the communists and writing propaganda about them but there wasn't as much um, direct state persecution. And around that time I understand there was also a big women's rights movement happening. Were there a lot of women involved in the communist party as well? Yeah no that's a that's a really good point actually there was um well the, the thing it was definitely still like by modern standards under representation um, but by the time by the standards of the time, it was definitely a important focus. And there was a lot of there were women. So about 10% of the membership of the party was was women. And two of the founding members uh, of the party and who are on the executive were women as well. So it's um people might have heard of Adele Pankhurst. She was a very um very well known uh, uh, feminist, anti-conscriptionist, anti-war activist during World War One, who she was involved in founding the Communist Party and then there was another woman who's just less known, but is was actually probably more influential in the party. Who was um, Christian Jolly Smith, who was the first woman to—I mean, I might be getting it wrong, but I think she was one of the first women to have a um, uh, to be a barrister. That's in. awesome. Yeah, so she was uh, also on the leadership of the party. Right, uh, we, we might take a quick break, give you a little bit of
0: a break, and put, sure. we'll play a track, and then come back. And we, 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 we um, here on Workers' Power, we like to learn from history, so we'll talk a little bit about that and what, what we can learn from from, from your your uh, um, your research. Uh, so we'll go to a track here and uh, um, here on Workers' Power on for Z. And welcome back to a uh, workers' power here on Four Triple Z, where we played. We just played a uh, cable ties and uh, tell them where to go. And now we're we're uh, joined up uh, here here in the studio by Duncan Hart, who's done uh, research into the proletarian. Now you, you mentioned the there the, there was um, three main um, uh, areas that that they. Uh, that they talked about in the messages. Um, the first one was in, in around uh, you know worker worker led um, uh, democracies, and uh,
1: and uh, but there was two others. What were they? So the the second theme that I think is most uh, that was most significant one was um, this idea of mass action that they had. Um, so mass action. The way that they talked about it was this idea of um, any time you get basically masses of people, ordinary working class people to participate in any kind of politics. And so they didn't say that as being, oh, yeah, you know, you run for Parliament or you're door knocking or letterboxing or something. They, they saw it as being, um, you know, demonstrations, strikes, uh, yeah, boycotts, that kind of thing, uh, union activity. That's what they saw as being mass action. But the reason that was important, I guess, as a, as a concept was that it was sort of like a a generalisation of the things that had actually happened in Australia at that time. So I'd mentioned had been these general strikes, had been these mass revolts. But the communists were trying to s- explain how these actions by workers don't just aren't just like you know inspiring revolts for like you know better paying conditions, but actually they point towards a deeper problem in society, which was that you know um, society was run for the rich, was run by the capitalists, and you actually needed a revolution. So they thought the the mass action ar- argument was more about how. Um, communists could try to like take those struggles and then make them a point to show that they actually lent towards the struggle for a socialist society. Yeah, that's how you get things done.
0: You know, we that's that's what what we want to hear. You you, you know, and uh, uh, that it, it's uh, just as at nearly a hundred years later. And what what
1: was the, the the third major message that they 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 put forward? Um, so the third one was. Um I mean, it's hard to. I sort of characterise it as being like this idea of um, being f- working within structures that are pre-existing structures um, to still argue for revolutionary politics. So the two the two things that they were arguing around and uh, were about involvement in the existing unions, and the second one was about um, running or potentially being open to the idea of running in parliament. Um, And the reason that they took those arguments up, and I've sort of said that that was the third significant point, was that these were arguments particularly relevant um, because of where, like, Guido Baraki and Percy Laidler were coming from and, like, where the politics of a lot of the Australian left was, which was the the ideas of the IWW, who basically totally rejected the idea of um, any kind of participation in, like, Parliament and also argued that they should form... workers should form separate unions from the um the existing unions so so the communists were uh, well so the proletarian was trying to argue that actually yes there's a there's a risk within working within these institutions but um we should still use them to try to like propagate the revolutionary message hmm. uh, oh um yeah so what
0: led you to start your research into the proletarian what caught your interest And in, yeah
1: well, the first thing funny is really just that it's actually entirely digitized on this website called Reason and Revolt. Um, wow. So I found that it was entirely digitized on this website, which is a great resource. Uh, so plug for Reason and Revolt. I think it's, less, um, I'm, I'm not going to remember the exact URL, but if you just Google it, it'll come up. And it's a great um, resource for um, basically like archival like scans basically of like old publications of the Australian left from mostly like a hundred years ago up to, it's like a hundred up to like the eighties. Um, and yeah, I found, I just saw, oh, this whole thing is on scanned on the, on this website and no one's written anything about it. And it was actually, as I said, like a journal that, um, predates the C- the communist party's formation edited by, um, Guido Baraki, who was a founder of the CPA and Percy Labor who was like, uh, well, who's a founding member of the CPA as well. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is something that no one's actually paid much attention to or done any detailed research into. It's uh, reasoninrevolt.net.au. That's the one. Here's one for us
0: to have a look at, comrade, yeah, I think. it's good. All right. I go back to my my, my notes here, and uh, so what 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 do you feel that we can? You've already touched on this a little bit, but what what can we learn about this type of pub- publication and
1: organising? Well, I think the um, the 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 publication itself, I suppose, it's a bit can be seen a bit difficult or different from today because you know we don't have so much reliance on print media. This was before television, before radio, um, even I think in Australia in a widespread sense, anyway everyone basically read stuff and there was a thirst for reading things. But I still think that the, um, the the arguments that they were making back then, I still think are very relevant because we are talking about what was a peak of, um, of uh, revolutionary politics in Australia. Um, so the idea... First of all, firstly, I, I, I totally agree with the goal of the, um, uh, of the proletarian, of being for um, the dictatorship of the proletariat, smashing the state, workers take power. Uh, but I guess the other point is that that's more strategic argument about, well, how do you actually get to socialism? How do you actually get rid of capitalism? And the argument around mass action, I think, is still the only way for the working class to overthrow capitalism today.
0: Yeah, It's not not through charm, wit and intelligence that we're going to get it. It's through uh, workers taking through the streets, yes. Okay, well, um, how how can... uh, Is there any other... uh, points that you that we haven't asked that you'd you'd like to include
1: I, i suppose um i did like i mentioned at the start how there's this sort of a prevalent idea um in the history historians about the um the communist party's politics and it was all about how they had this leninist party model and that kind of thing um so i suppose it's worth just reflecting on that again um that that was just not i i just think this is based this idea is very much based on a reading of the of history, which tries to argue that um, sort of tries to draw a straight line between like the Russian Revolution and like the horrific outcome of Stalinism, and similarly the degeneration of the international communist movement between 1917 and the Stalinist politics that it, that later um, followed. So I think that because people are trying to find that explanation, they they say, oh, Lenin had this you know original sin. Uh, he had this authoritarian party model. Um, but the thing was, it's just really funny actually when you're looking in the, the historical sources because not only do they not talk about the so-called party model, but also um, like this book that everyone talks about in relation to Lenin, Lenin's thoughts called um, What Is to Be Done, and it like literally was not even translated into English until 1929. So it's like this supposed influence that this this is supposed to have. Everyone always talks about it. It's like. Literally, no one even read it until nine twenty-nine um, in in English, anyway. So, I think, um, yeah, that's just a I guess a final point. I'd say. All
0: right, and uh, how, how, will it be released to the public, or how can he, how can uh, comrades find out more about your research?
1: That's a good point. Yeah. So, unfortunately, at the moment, it hasn't been publicly <laughs> publicly released. But I am working on a or yeah working on a um, article um, that will go into the. Um, uh, Australian Labor History Journal um, hopefully I mean I hasn't, <laughs> hasn't been approved publication or anything so it's just that's my goal at the moment um, yeah unfortunately honours um, honours theses don't use aren't usually published or anything like that but I do think it's a useful thing to look at and um, I'd like to get it published some 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 version of that research to get published somewhere so yeah at the moment I'm looking at Labor History Journal Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, you know, we're, I'm a member of the Brisbane Labor History Association, which is part of, part of all that, and we mm. have them on regularly. So yeah. hopefully um, when it does come out, uh, we'll let listeners know.
2: It may have been Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline but on the Che Guevara highway, filling up with gasoline, Fidel Castro's brother spies a rich lady who's crying over the luxury's disappointment. So he walks over and he's trying to sympathize with her. But he thinks that he should warn her that the third world is just around the corner. The Soviet Union, a scientist is blinded by the resumption of nuclear testing, and he is reminded that Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's optimism fell. At the first hurdle. And the only noise I hear is the sound of someone stacking chairs and mopping up spilled beer And someone asking questions And basking in the light of the fifteen fame-filled minutes of the fanzine right time politics. He asks me what the use is. I offer him embarrassment and my usual excuses while looking down the corridor out to where the van is waiting. I'm looking for the right leap forward. still parties to be hosted. You can be active with the activists or sleeping with the sleepers. While you're waiting for the right leap forwards, i oh, want one leap forwards, two leap back. Will politics get me the sack? Waiting for the right leap forwards. Will it come? For the thoughts to draw in a thine well, you're watching the right lead forwards If no one out there understands start your own revolution and cut out the middle man watching the right lead forwards In a perfect world we're all singing tune, But this is reality, so give me some love watching the right click forwards The revolution is just a t-shirt